Well, good morning, everyone. So glad to have all of you with us, Bluntstown, Chipley, and Mariana. Today, we are finishing up the last part of our series uh, for this month entitled How to Leave It Better Than You Found It. Uh, next week, we are kicking off a brand new relationship series that goes along with the month of February. So uh, make sure that, uh, man, you're inviting your friends, your family members, I mean, your coworkers, people you go to school with. It's going to be a great series that just takes us to the core of what relationships are, especially in our relationship with Jesus Christ. But before we jump into today's conversation, every fourth Sunday of the month, we go above and beyond our normal giving to show our communities that God is for them by the way that we are for them. We always call this our $4 for other Sunday. That's why if you're a first-time guest or if you're new to RCC on the fourth Sunday, a lot of times you see a lot of our dream team wearing the four T-shirts. It's just a reminder, hey, this is part of our mission. So um, also I talk about $4 who go, oh, you know, why don't you ask for a little bit more to bless our communities? Here's what I know. $4 doesn't sound like much, but when we all come together at all of our churches, it adds up to a great blessing for our community. So here is where your $4 is going to go this month. We're going to be giving to help those impacted by the tornadoes that touched down in our communities over the last month. So here's how you can give. When you came in today, there was a envelope that was on the chair in your auditorium. You can put the, put the money in the envelope and you can drop it in the giving boxes on your way out, or you can scan that QR code, or you can just go to the RCC app and you can give digitally to the four fund. Feel free to go ahead and do that right now. But let me go ahead and just say thank you so much, churches, for being a ch our church that is for others by the way that you've already been serving people in our communities that were impacted by the tornadoes and the way that you've already, many of you have already given to bless them as well. So go ahead and grab your talk notes, your Bibles, and uh, anything you're going to take notes on. You go to the RCC app, and we have talk notes there for you. Everything that's going to come up on the screen, places for you to uh, fill in if you want to do that. Make sure you silence those phones so it doesn't distract anybody around you. Now, to get us started in this conversation, I just want to remind you, as we've said each week, the reason for this series is because of something that is true for every one of us, and that is this. No matter what you were experiencing at the beginning of 2024, here's what I know. At the end of 2024, you want things to be better than you found them at the end of 2023, beginning of 2024. But here's what we've also said, and you know this is so true, that sometimes better is not easy to find, and many times better is not easy to do. So that's why in this series what we're doing is we're exploring some decisions and some choices that if you make these decisions and these choices at the beginning of the year, you're going to be so glad that you did. Because here's why. These decisions, and we looked at four decisions throughout this month. Dale kicked us off on the first and uh, Sunday of the, of the year. And if you didn't hear that one, I encourage you to go back of making a decision that you're going to leave people better than you found them. And then each week, we've given you another area to focus in on. Last week was all about being accountable. Uh, this week, we're going to give you another stepping stone that I think is going to guide you to leave 2024 better than you found it. So this decision that we're addressing this week, it has to be an intentional choice because it's a choice about an area of our life that is a lot more important than most of us realize to fulfilling God's plan for our life. But it's an area that our culture teaches us to avoid dealing with at all costs. In fact, we self-medicate more than dealing with this issue. And it keeps us from understanding and knowing the purpose, the plan that God has for our lives. So you're saying, what is this area of life that you're talking about? It is this. 
It's our emotional well-being. This is an area of our lives that we resist. Most people who grew up in church or church people, they think if they know more about the Bible, that they just get smarter about the Bible, that makes them spiritually mature. It does not. Your spiritual maturity will never exceed your emotional maturity. They go together. It's why you can have somebody who knows so much about the Bible and they're still mean as a snake. Because they are not mature. They have knowledge, but they don't have an emotional sense of well-being. So to get us started today, I want you to think about your personal story. I just want you to think about your personal story. Because here's what I know is true for most all of us. Every one of us in our personal stories, we have those unresolved issues, those unresolved feelings, those unresolved emotions that create this thing called open loops. Now, open loops are those things that pop into your brain. I give you a definition here. Those things that pop into your brain when you're trying to focus on something else because they are parts left undone. And they keep looping back and ultimately creating a big distraction in our life. Now, here's what I know. We all have them, don't we? In fact, there's several obvious signs that you have open loops, unfinished emotional business in your life. In fact, as I'm talking about all of us having these open loops that pop in your brain when you're trying to focus on something else, that's probably happened to you maybe this morning in worship. I mean, you're trying to focus on this thing about God. All of a sudden, something triggered your brain and you started having this thought that you just keep going back to. Or you're, this week, you know, you're trying to focus on a certain project or task and you had these open loops that keep distracting you. So, so what are some obvious signs? I'm gonna give you two of them this morning. The first obvious sign you have unfinished business is number one, you argue with the person or the people in your head. Like you have conversations in your head with the people or about the people. We all experience this, don't we? I mean, that's an open loop is, is something's happening. You're, you're driving down the road, everything's fine. And the next thing you know, boom, here comes that thought. And then you go into this conversation. And if somebody could get in your head and see how you're arguing to this, with this person and telling this person on, and you're carrying on this conversation in your head, they would bankrupt you. Like they'd be, this person has lost it. But you know what that's like. I mean, for many of us, that is a daily thing of having conversations in our head with other people. For some of you, it's not just a daily thing. It's the thing that keeps you up at night. For some of you, it's an hourly thing. And we do this because there's unresolved emotional issues that we're dealing with in our life. And if, and if you really stop and think about it, these arguments in your head, they just become so annoying, don't they? Because when you really want to focus on a task or you really want to focus on a responsibility or, or when you're in a conversation with a person and you really want to be present with that other person, without warning, something can be said or something can happen that can trigger one of your open loops to start playing again. And the next thing you know, you're distracted from that task or that person because you're now having a conversation in your head and you're processing this whole thing in your brain. And you think the reason that loop started playing again is because of the circumstance that you were experiencing or the task that you were doing or that person or group of people that you're interacting with. And you think it's their fault that you're having these open loops trigger in your head. 
But as we've learned and we've talked about over the years here at RCC, what comes out of every reaction you have is not because of what happened, it's because of what's inside of your heart. See, the truth about us, especially in our relationships, is this. The condition of our relationships has as much to do with the health of our heart as it does with the behavior of others. Listen. Whenever you find yourself having a conversation, an argument with a person in your head, it is a sign that there is unresolved issues, unresolved feelings, unresolved emotions in your life that are open loops that you need to deal with in order to close them. The other obvious sign that you have open loops is this, is that you talk about the person to other people. Now, there's a word for this, and that word is gossip. And just to be clear on what gossip is, I'm going to give you a definition of gossip. It is when you talk, a, talk about a person with someone else who is neither the problem or the solution. Listen, whenever you or I gossip, we only really have one motivation. It is to get someone to validate the open loops that are playing in my mind they're right and that somebody else is wrong. Gossip is never about making a relationship right because we know the exact opposite is true because what does gossip do? Because you've had somebody gossip about you. What does gossip do? It destroys a relationship or as King Solomon said in Proverbs, he says, it separates close friends. Now, here's what I know. If I were to sit down and have lunch or dinner or a conversation with any of you at any of our campuses, Blountstown, Chipley or Mariana, and I would ask you to share some of those open loops that distract you from life. Or if I even just said, hey, do you have any open loops in your life? You go, oh, yeah. And then if you're like really being vulnerable, you might even tell me about some of them. And the things that cause these open loops are things, something like this. My father was a secret alcoholic and he would get drunk and he would beat my mom. And he destroyed her life. And he destroyed our family. And I absolutely hate him for it. The thought of him makes me just filled with rage. Or I married him or I married her and we promised for better or for worse, for richer or for poorer. And when we were richer and not poor any longer, he or she left and had an affair. They had a midlife crisis and they blew up our marriage. Or there was this drunk driver. He hit a family member. And that family member was injured or that family member was killed. The pain that we have gone through as a family is indescribable. Or as a kid growing up, I was molested over and over and over by a family member or a trusted friend of the family. And it has crippled me at an emotional level that nobody understands. Or I had a parent, I had a coach, I had a teacher who over and over again said, you're a loser, you're a failure, you're never gonna succeed, you're never gonna make it, you'll never amount to anything. And I've never been able to outlive that voice. Or I trusted them with my life. And they betrayed me at the deepest level possible. See, if every one of us would sit down with someone we trust, we would tell probably a story 
of one of those levels. But that's not the only stories we would tell. There are other stories of pain, hurt, and wounding that are not as traumatic even as some of those, but they affect our life every day. See, every one of us, if we tell our stories, there is a place, there is a moment, there is a season. And for some of you, your season's 10 years, 15 years, 20 years, 30 years, 40, 50 years. And the loop is still open. And the loop keeps playing every day. And it is distracting you from fulfilling the life that God has called you to and living the abundant life that Jesus Christ came to give us. And here's the thing, while we would all like some closure to our unresolved issues and, and, and those loops would be shut down and they would not be playing in our minds anymore and they wouldn't be distracting from our task and our relationships, how, how most of us think about them, dealing with them, is not even healthy. It's not helpful. See, some of us, the way we think of them, it's all about revenge or justice, whatever our definition of justice is. For others of us, it's all about other people getting their act together. If they would get their act together and treat me the way I deserve to be treated, then, then I wouldn't have all these problems in, our, in my life. But for most of us, the route that we prefer, that we take, and it's the thing that just destroys the plan and the potential that God has for our life, is we just kind of kick them down the road. And we self-medicate in some way. And then when it catches up with us, we kick it down the road again. And then we self-medicate again to deal with it. And some of you are even sitting in our churches today and you're going, well, I know I get distracted by the open loops in my mind. And I know I have all these feelings and all these emotions. And I know they trigger me. But I feel like that I am better off and I feel like the people around me are better off if I just avoid those unresolved issues, those unresolved emotions in my life. And here's what we all know. That's not true. Because the longer you wait to deal with those unresolved issues, those unresolved hurts and wounds in our life, the worse they actually get. That's why even though it happened way back then, that open loop is still distracting you and you're acting out even today in your reactions to other people. Now, even though the person or the, the circumstance that caused the hurt or the pain is way back then, settling and just living with your hurts and your wounds, it's gonna cause you to live a distracted life from God and other people and a very reactive life to others. But even more than that, it enables all that hurt and that pain that was in your past to smuggle its way into your future and negatively impact your future. And that's why most people who want this next season to be better than the season that they just left, they want to you know, leave it better than they found it. They don't experience that because they just keep ending up dragging the same hurts and wounds and the same soundtracks, the open loops into the next season of life. So if you want to leave it better than you found it, you can't settle in your hurts and your wounds. You have to deal with the healing of those hurts and those wounds in an intentional, proactive kind of way. Now, to help you see what that looks like this morning, when we settle into our hurts and our wounds, 
and to help us understand how when we carry our past hurt and our pain, how it affects our future, how it can limit our hope of experiencing the future that God wants for us, I want you to go in your Bibles with me to Genesis chapter 11. Genesis chapter 11 is where we're going to be looking today. Because in this story, what we're going to see is how important it is to leverage this dynamic of taking personal responsibility to deal with the healing of our emotional feelings and our wounds. Now, the stories they said, is found in Genesis chapter 11, and I, and I think it's going to be one of those stories that kind of helps you see the impact that could be in your life or be happening in your life by not being aware or at least settling into the hurts in our wounds. Look up with me at the passage. Genesis chapter 11, beginning in verse 27. Here's what this story says. This is the account of Terah. Now, Terah is not a Bible name that most of us are familiar with. This is not really a common Bible name. Most of us are more familiar with his son by the name of Abraham. So Abraham's dad is Terah. So this is the account of Abraham's dad. Notice what happens next. This is the account of Terah. Terah became the father of Abram. And just so you know, Abraham and Abram are the same guy. He later was called, but when God called him out to start this great nation, Israel, he changed his name to Abraham. So that's why most of us know him as Abraham. But this is before that. So this is the account of Terah. Terah became the father of Abram. And then something else happened. He had also two other brothers, Nahor and Haran. And Haran became the father of Lot. And many of you are familiar with Lot because of the story of his wife turning into a pillar of salt. So while his father Terah was still alive. Now we know from that statement something dramatic is about to happen. Something important is about to happen. And it's very important for you to know, to notice what happens to Terah while he's still alive. Because it affects his life for the rest of his life. Here's what it says. Haran, who was his youngest son, died in Ur the Chaldeans in the land of his birth. So to kind of recap what we just read in verse 27 and 28, you have Terah who has a son who dies a premature death. It's his youngest son. And as you can imagine, this father, I'm sure, is devastated by the death of his son. I mean, parents who have lost a child will tell you it's like they don't even know how they're going to carry on their life. It's so painful, so hurtful. So Tara has this huge emotional wound. And I want you to notice what happens in the next part of the story, verse 31. It says, Terah took his son Abram, his grandson Lot, son of Haran, which would be his youngest son that died a premature death, and his daughter-in-law Sarah, the wife of his son Abram, and together they set out from the Ur of the Chaldeans. Now, I want you to notice where Abraham's father's terror is going. This is so, so important and very interesting. They set out from Ur of the Chaldeans, and I want everybody, all of our churches, Blunstown, Shipley, Marion, to say this last word with me, to go to Canaan. Don't miss this. Terah is set out on a journey to go to Canaan. Now, why that is important is this. This is the name of the promised land that God promised to Abraham in the next chapter after his dad died. And I've heard this from many Bible scholars. I believe this myself. I tend to agree with them. That very likely, God called Terah to the land of Canaan. 
this man, Tara, who's now carrying this deep emotional wound was possibly the man that God originally called to be the father of the great nation of Israel that he was gonna be started in the land of Canaan. Or at least get his son, Abram, to the land of Canaan. I want you to notice what happens. But when they came to Haran, now this is a town that has the same name at his son who died a premature death. But when they came to Canaan, they, everybody say this word with me, they settled there. This means that on the way from Ur of the Chaldeans to Canaan, they passed through this town called Herod. In fact, you can kind of see how their journey went. They started down here, Ur of the Chaldeans, and instead of coming across the desert, they kind of followed this path, and they get to this town called Haran. It's a town or a city that has the same name as Terah's son who's died prematurely. It has the same name as his greatest emotional wound. Now, this moment in time, it gave Tara, just like when we hit certain points in our life, it gave Tara two options. The opportunity to face his hurt and his wound, proactively deal with it and move on, or to avoid it and just settle in his pain. And why that's relevant to all of us is I've had enough conversations with many of you and, and many of you are facing the same kind of situations in your life. There has been a hurt, there's been pain. Some of it that you caused, some of it other people caused, some of it nobody caused. It was just life happened and it was hurtful and was painful. And now you're at this point where it's in your face and, and you have to make a choice. Am I going to face it? Or am I gonna to continue to repress it? Am I just going to settle in it? But here's the thing I want you to understand today, and that is this. To leave it better than you found it. If you want this year better than last year, it depends on whether you settle into or face your pain and distractions. Listen, your spiritual and emotional growth will not be what you desire or what God would want you to experience until you are intentionally and proactively leaning in to the emotional hurts and wounds in your life. See, we talk about Jesus being the great physician all the time. And while healing a person's body is important, I'm telling you, healing their soul and their heart is what Jesus came to do. And if you're going to experience the abundant life, we have to invite Jesus into that part of our life. It is impossible to leave 2024 better than you found it if you don't deal with those unresolved issues, feelings, and emotions that keep most of us distracted from the life that God wants us to live. See, the unresolved hurts and wounds that you carry with you from one relationship to the next relationship, from one season of life to the next season of life, it's going to affect you and the people around you in ways that you can't even imagine. In fact, notice this last phrase again in this verse. But when they came to Haran, the place that has the same name as his greatest wound, they settled there. It doesn't say he settled there. They settled there. In other words, when Tara settled, it affected everybody around him. Because he settled, it impacted the rest of his family that was traveling with him. They never moved on because Tara settled. And I don't want you to miss that, the significance of that for your life. 
When you settle, it doesn't just impact you. It impacts everybody around you. Your emotional well-being, whatever level that's at, good or bad, it impacts your future and the people around you. Now, in verse 32, there is a line that reflects so many people who um, are in churches today, and it's this. It says, Tara lived 205 years, and then he died in Haran. Listen, this is so sad. Because Tara settled, he died in Haran. And he never fulfilled God's promise and plan for his life, which was to go to Canaan. He, he never got the chance to experience, experience the fulfillment of God's plan and purpose for his life. Because he had an emotional wound, that, that hurt that he never seemed to have dealt with, he could never get past it and he never could get through it. In fact, one of the most interesting things to me, it never says that he lived in Haran. It says that he settled in Haran and then he died there. And see, the truth be known, many of you, you're carrying some emotional hurts and some emotional wounds and you have never established a pattern or a habit with Jesus and as we talked about last week with an accountability partner or a life Christian life coach to help you develop habits and patterns for healing of those wounds. So what's happened is for many of us, we've just settled in them and they're causing all these open loops in your mind daily and they're distracting you emotionally and relationally and physically and even more important spiritually, especially in your relationship with God. You really, you just can't focus on God. Because all those open loops are playing, all that hurt, all that pain always comes to the surface, and it should, to find healing but not to distract. And if you were honest with yourself, you would say, you've settled in your own land of Haran. Now, the good news is God wants to give us a fresh start in 2024, but for that to happen, you have to deal with your feelings to heal them. You got to deal with those things that you don't want to touch that you keep repressing or you just keep just unhealthy ways expressing or, or you self-medicate to take the edge off of them. See, healing of your feelings is the only way to close those open loops that are distracting you from living the purpose and the plan that God has for your life while other people or circumstances outside of your control may have caused that hurt and that wound. We have to take responsibility to proactively deal with the healing that we need in our lives. So here's our challenge for you this year. If you want to leave 2024 better than you found it, don't settle. Because as we said earlier, when you settle, when you don't address those things that are causing the open loops in your mind, what happens is your whole life becomes one big reaction to all the emotional hurts that you've experienced in the past and even the unrelated ones in the present. You, you become a reactor to everything that is happening to you and you don't even realize it. The people around you do, but you don't. And if we're all honest, Almost every one of us, we have a hurt or a wound from our past that is an open loop in our mind. 
And most of us don't even realize it because that open loop has become such a part of your life that you just think that's normal. And you have these off-the-wall conversations with people that you're angry at, that you're mad at, that you want revenge or justice with. And, and, and if they were out loud, people go, what's wrong with that person? See, emotional hurts and wounds not proactively processed with Jesus Christ will keep you from living his plan and his purpose for your life. And just like Tara, those unresolved issues will cause you to never experience God's purpose and plan for your life. But here's what I tell you today. You have a heavenly father that no matter what you believe about him, he loves you and he came so that you could have life and you could have it abundantly. But whether you experience that kind of future or whether you experience him in that abundant kind of way, it all depends on whether I choose to settle or whether I choose to proactively deal with the unresolved issues, feelings, and emotions, the wounds that I carry. So what do you have to do? How do you make it so that those hurts, those wounds, they no longer determine your life. They no longer limit the plan and the purpose that God has for your life. What do you do so that you can heal and shut down those open loops that are causing you to settle in the land of Haran and be distracted from pursuing the land of Canaan that God has for you? I got four steps for you. And I just wanna challenge you. Make sure you begin applying these to your life. And we would love to have deeper conversations with you um, on how to apply these steps in your life. Here's the first step. Make sure you write this one down. The first one is this. You need to pay attention to your emotional pain. You need to pay attention to your emotional pain. Like, when, when do you get triggered? What triggers you that you blame on everybody else? This, well, they didn't do this. They did that. They had done this. And we blame everybody out there and we don't pay attention to our pain. You know what we do? We medicate our pain. We do light drugs. That's what often people say. I just, you know, do a little bit of alcohol or do a little bit of weed or I do a little bit of the, listen, a little bit never stays a little bit, right? Or it's why a lot of you just got to get away on the weekend. We, gotta, we just got to get away from it. We got to take the edge off. What are you afraid you're going to lose? Who, who you're afraid is going to reject you? What makes you feel like that you're not enough? What makes you feel like that you're unsafe? What makes you feel like that you're not secure? What makes you feel like you're not wanted or you're unloved or you're not successful or you don't have a purpose? What is creating the emotional reactions in your life? See, most of us have gotten so used to the open loops in our mind, the anger, the resentment, the grudges, all the unhealthy feelings and thoughts in our minds that we have settled into them. And we tell ourselves, everybody lives with this. This is what it means to be human to the point that we no longer use them as God intended them. And that is to be a warning sign of the level of our emotional pain. So the first step is you need to pay attention to your emotional pain. Stop medicating it. Live in it. The second is to take responsibility for dealing with the healing of your feelings. See, as an adult now, you have the ability to respond and take responsibility. Yes, the pain's not your fault. You didn't cause it. You didn't have control over what happened. 
But now as an adult, you have the opportunity to lean into resources. Number one, our heavenly father and his word. And you can respond to your pain by taking responsibility for the healing of your feeling. See, as long as you set on your feelings, as long as you suffer in silence, I mean, some of you have suffered in silence for five years, 10 years, 15 years. I talk to people who suffered in silence for 50 years. As long as you've been trying to seek revenge, how am I gonna get back to this person? As long as you stay angry, waiting for other people to make right their wrongs, here's what you're doing. You're settling in Haran and you will die there. And so will the promise and the purpose of God for your life. See, as long as you go through life with the mindset that it's okay for me to be angry or bitter because of what happened to me or what they did to me, you're gonna stay caught in this vicious cycle of reacting to everything and everyone that bumps into those unresolved emotions and wounds and you won't even know that you're reacting, but everybody else will feel it. Now, the third step is probably the hardest one. And that is this. You have to release the people involved. Some of you gotta release your mom. Some of you gotta release your dad. Some of you gotta release a family member. I, my, my granny, my granddaddy died when he was 67 years old. And she never released him. She never mourned and grieved his death. And she wasted the rest of her life. It wasn't her fault that he died, but she never released him. She died a miserable person because she wouldn't release him. Listen, there's no way to go through this and find healing if at some point you don't let go. See, you're gonna make that wound, that hurt, that pain, your heron. See, because Tara did not let go of the person Heron, he stayed stuck in Heron. You gotta let go of the people involved. Now, depending on the issue, letting go happens in different ways. Or if, you, if it's a person you've lost through divorce, death, there's a process involved in that, but you know, if it's someone who hurt you deeply, it's another process, and most of the time the process, either way, requires the forgiveness. And, and we don't forgive other people to let them off the hook. We let, or we forgive other people to release ourselves from Haran so we can move on to Canaan. Now, the fourth step is so important. And man, I pray this is true for you because you go to Job toward the end of the book, God tells him, he says, you just need to set your heart right again and refocus. It's just incredible when you look at this passage or the passage there, and it's what most of us lose when we settle in Heron, and that is this. You need to refocus on God's plan for your life. See, some of you are saying, how can I do that? I mean, they messed up God's plan for my life. Here's what your heavenly father wants to remind you of today. I believe some of you are here today just to hear this. They didn't mess up God's plan or purpose for your life. There is no circumstance, there is no, there's no person that is more powerful than God. Romans 8, 28 says, well, all things are not good, but all things work together for good. 
See, God's plan for your life can't be stopped by anyone, by any emotional hurt or any wound that you have faced if you find healing for them in Jesus Christ. The only person that can cause you to settle and sabotage your life, God's plan for your life, is you. So don't let that emotional hurt and that wound cause you to settle in your heron. See, God has a promise for you. God has a Canaan for you. And many of you quit dreaming about that years ago because you settled. But here's the thing. When you set those emotional hurts down, when you find healing for your feelings and you let go of those circumstances and the people that caused them, what you're going to be able to do is you're going to be able to see again. You're going to be able to hear again. You know what you're going to see again? You're going to see the vision of God for your life again. You're going to hear the voice of God for your life again. That's what happens when you find healing. Because all of a sudden now, I can see again. I can hear again. God, I thought you weren't talking. I couldn't see what you wanted to do. Life was just gray and dull. And now I hear your voice. I see your vision. So if you want to leave 2024 better than you found it, Don't settle in your emotional hurt and wound. Instead, invite God back into your emotions and feelings. Don't miss what I just said there. Invite God back into your emotions and feelings. Because see, many of us, we invite God into our Bible time, our prayer time, our, our church time, that kind of thing. But then we don't invite God into all these squirrely emotions that are going on, all these scrambling emotions, all these open loop emotions that are distracting us from God, our task, and the people in our lives. And Jesus is our healer. And he wants to lean in to the healing It needs to be done in our heart and our soul. In fact, I would encourage you to pray a prayer that, similar to one that someone gave me years ago to begin praying when I was, man, I was a mess. I spent two and a half weeks with a counselor out in Colorado living with him. And he's the first one to introduce me to this whole thing of, Paul, you have to invite Jesus into every feeling if you're going to experience healing every emotion, if you're going to experience healing. Let me give you a prayer that you can pray. Just say something like this. God, I wasn't even sure how to deal with my emotions or even though I wanted to, because some of you feeling like, man, if I even open that up, it's going to be so painful. It's going to be so hurtful. Listen, listen. While you may take the edge off the pain in your life, it causes a lot of other pain for the people in your life. See, most of us are so afraid. Listen, the path to fully surrendering to Jesus is to embrace the pain and invite him into it. So just say, God, I wasn't sure how to deal with my emotions or if I wanted to. So I've just repressed them in some way. I've taken the edge off some way. But today I'm inviting you to step into the process with me. I want to experience emotional healing and I want to be spiritually alive again. I want to hear from you again. I want to see the vision you have for my life again. And then this is probably the most important line 
that most of you will say for the rest of your life. Jesus, I'm inviting you into every emotion and feeling I have from this day forward. Because I need your perspective. I need your strength. I need your help. See, when we lean in our strength, all of that stuff becomes distracting. But when we lean into Jesus, we find healing. And then just say something like, thank you in advance for the healing of my feelings as I dress them all with you. The good ones and the bad ones. So every day this week, man, I want to challenge you, pray this prayer, reflecting on the emotions that you have felt from all these open loops, from all the unresolved emotions, feelings, and issues. And when you find yourself triggered, that loop starts playing again. I encourage you to invite Jesus. Say, Jesus, you know what I'm feeling. And I've had people tell me, yeah, I don't want Jesus to have to see all that stuff. I'm like, he already does. And if you're following Jesus, he's living in you. He's already experiencing it. He'd love to help you with it. But invite him to every one of your emotions for the rest of this week. And I think if you do what we talked about last week of making yourself accountable to someone who is going to hold your arms up and help you stay strong, and then really lean into Jesus, and we have resources we'd love to help you with, to find healing for your feeling. But the revealing of your feeling is the beginning of healing. You apply these four truths we talked about. Say, God, every moment of my life, I am inviting Jesus to participate in. And promise you, 2024, when you end it, it'll be better than you found it. Let me pray for us. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your incredible love. I, I thank you that your word is a light to our path, that it's a guide for our way. I thank you for the stories that you give us as examples. I thank you for the reproof and the correction and the training in righteousness that we receive from your word. Today, we just all come before you And say, Jesus, I'm choosing, I'm choosing not to just express my feelings in some way or try to take the edge off of my feelings, but I'm choosing to reveal my feelings because I understand now it is the beginning of healing. I'm I'm revealing them to you. You know them, you still love me. I'm beginning a journey today, just walking through the process of paying attention to the pain that I feel each day, the distractions that come to my mind that are warning lights. I've still got unresolved stuff going on. And I'm going to take responsibility, you know, lean in and find someone who helped me walk this journey and work through the forgiveness process, the releasing process 
But most importantly, I want to live. I want to hear your voice. And I want to see your vision again. So I come and I lay it all at your feet. And thank you in advance for how you're going to heal as we go on this journey together. Thank you for your love. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks, everyone, for being with us. All of our churches, Blountstown, Chipley, Marion. Hey, don't forget all of our campus today. We have What's Next Lunch. If you're new to RCC, you want to kind of know what's next, uh, stop by the gallery. They'll tell you where it's at. We have food and child care. See you there.